Hi, I'm Emily Paget. This is Century 21. In case you're new, I'll give you a quick rundown of what we do here. I'm fascinated with online media because I've never known a life without it. I'm really curious how the internet has influenced my generation. I'm in my 20s, and I want to explore our relationship with it. Last time, we touched on the culture of outrage that's so prominent in the online sphere, the ability for things to be blown way out of proportion and control, largely, especially now, due to misinformation, and also because of the anonymity that comes with interacting with the others on the internet. I can only speak to the Western world here, as it's all I know, but things are a little off-kilter right now in multiple respects. I think most people can agree that it's a weird time to be alive right now. In my experiences on social media, that strange feeling has definitely translated to the internet and how people interact with each other and how people create. It reminds me a little of the Dada movement. To give some historical context, Dada was an art movement that came out of World War I. That war was beyond anything that anyone had ever experienced before, not only in terms of the scope and size of the war effort, but also in terms of its brutality. Between the 32 countries involved, an estimated 8 million military personnel were killed. About the same number of civilians were killed as well. For this reason, the generation of people who were actively involved in the war, fighting or otherwise, is called the Lost Generation. The reaction to this event was, understandably, a negation of the horrific experiences the world had just endured. Out of European artists came the Dada movement, the goal of which was to upend order and reason, to render the social structures of time meaningless, and to find meaning in this meaninglessness. I talked to my high school theater teacher, Matt Cosper, about the Dada movement. In addition to teaching high school theater, he also has his own theater company called XOXO, based in Charlotte, North Carolina, of which he's the founder and artistic director. I, I hate the term immersive because it's become so, it's just kind of overdone, uh, but we have done work that would be considered immersive. The real main thrust of the work we do is sort of trying to do the thing that theater, I guess, always does, which is tell stories about what it is to be a human. Um, but we try to do that while we sort of poke and prod at the medium itself. Um, you know, I think the impulse that people have to perform or to uh, want to watch performances is about as old as humans themselves. I don't think that's going anywhere. But the interesting thing is to see where the form is going and sort of what the container for that impulse might be. I've been making work, like original work, since 2001. It's not always been under the, the name XOXO. Sometimes it's just been sort of one-off projects. But as I started making more and more work, I became really invested in the experience of the audience and, and realizing that the cool thing was that that moment of connection or the sort of point of overlap where an audience actually got to experience the work. Um, super influenced by Dada. As I think, I think like every young artist has to go through a phase where the this the exhilaration of kind of like smashing the old forms is a part of the a part of your deal. Um, and that's to me what what was exciting about Dada, but also kind of limiting is that it's essentially a it's a negation. It's it, Dada is very much about no, and it's good to say no, but. <laughs> 
then you need to like you need to make something out of it. That's why I personally I, I think surrealism is much more interesting. All these key figures in Dada, not all of them end up as surrealists, but a, a great deal of them do. And I think that's because after you you can only say no so many times before you start to need a a positive project. What he said just there was that a lot, not all, but a lot, of Dada artists eventually became surrealists. The surrealist movement immediately followed Dada and was almost its opposite. Instead of finding ways to say no, no, and rendering art and time in the social order meaningless, surrealism actively seeks meaning, especially in self-expression. Dada was disgusted with self-expression, calling it indulgent. Why represent yourself in art if art is meaningless, if you are meaningless? Dada comes out of the horrors of World War One, humanity, especially you know the European movement, and so Europe had been torn apart by just mechanized slaughter. Right, it's the first time we're seeing uh, gas is being used um, in the trenches, machine guns, planes. Like it's just you know it's it's sort of a futurist wet dream, but for everyone else, it's like this horrifying experience. And so there's this this negation that. Artists are responding to the horror by saying, nope, 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 nothing is real. This clearly, like the, the sort of dream of modernity, the dream that we are like moving forward into a brave future, this is all bullshit. This is not, well, all we've seen is horror and we reject it. And that's, I think that's an entirely reasonable response. And I think that, I think today we are in a similar place. Not to get too political, but a lot of people argue that the realization of the weakness of the American system following 9-11 has led to a similar negation of a nihilistic attitude towards social structures and Western culture as a whole. There's a bit of a crisis of faith, especially among young people, in the American institution at the moment. There are even arguments for the simulation hypothesis, the theory that life is just one big computer simulation, that nothing is actually real. This is sort of becoming our own data movement. This kind of neo-Dada movement is most prominent in online platforms. I mean, that's how we talk with each other and interact and collaborate. Meme culture is pretty much the embodiment of the feeling we're all in. Most memes are essentially harmless jokes. It's like telephone from elementary school times 10. A joke is made, then a joke about the joke is made, until the jokes about the joke are completely unrecognizable because there have been so many iterations of the joke. But what makes them funny is that iterations of the form have nothing to do with the form itself. The template for the joke has absolutely nothing to do with the joke or even the template for the joke. And these jokes can be anything from images to ideas to people to entire websites or videos or just about anything else, anything that can be made fun of. So the opportunities for iterations are just about endless. Sort of mind-boggling to think about, right? It's almost too absurd to put into words, but the fun is in the absurdity. Of course, there are also terrible versions of this, ones that have to do with racism or misogyny or homophobia or transphobia or horrible things, the dredges of humanity. But a lot of these are harmless and based largely in this absurdity. The majority of meme culture is incredibly nihilistic, not taking anything seriously, essentially sapping all meaning from anything that could hold it. I asked Mr. Cosper if he sees any of that nihilism in the high school students he teaches. We're in senior one acts right now. So that's the um, the last production of the year are these short plays that are written and directed by the seniors in the theater department. And I have noticed that um, a lot of the humor is that sort of nihilistic. It's meme. It's, you know, it's meme humor. It's extremely online. 
voice, which I do think is very nihilistic. I'm not, I try not to be too critical of that um, or, or like stomp on it because I think it's an important part of, of an artist's development or even just a person's development in terms of sort of becoming an individual. You have to be able to look at, at the things you've been told with a critical eye. And nihilistic kind of laughter is, a, I think, a, a totally uh, valid response to the absurdity of the adult world. So I don't want to, like, stomp on it. I do try to sort of carefully insert notes to the student writers and directors that I hope are encouraging them to be mindful that a next step is required. Like, um, and I, this is, like, such a condescending thing to say, but whatever. Um, I always kind of think of, like, the, like, college kid who, like, reads Nietzsche for the first time and is like, God is dead. And it's like, yes, uh, yes. God is dead and we killed him. What now, man? Like, that's like the, and that's for a high school student. I'm like, yeah, like, it's fine for you to be at this place of like this sort of negation, this sort of rejection. But you need to know that you've got another, what, 60 odd years, like on the planet to like, to like, you, you, there's more steps for you to take. Just saying nothing means nothing isn't enough. Like, yeah, great. You like figured out the first thing. <laughs> like what now you have to make steps. And that's also whether you're an artist, whether you're not, anyone who's on a, a path of, you know, maturing needs to recognize the sort of like essential uh illusion that you know, nothing is real, of course. But in order to like function and and thrive, you've got to make a choice about, okay, well what do I do with it's, a, it's an incredibly freeing realization that everything's kind of an illusion, but like you're still stuck here. So now what do you, now what, what do you do? And so I, I kind of feel like I just let the kids that I'm working with experience their, their nihilism. Uh, but hopefully, I'm hopefully indicating to them or gesturing to them that a, another step is expected. I attend college at an arts conservatory, so I might be biased in having a bunch of peers who are artists and who have to feel intensely for their studies and careers. But that nihilism, cynicism, lack of trust in the establishment, it's definitely present. You can see it on kids' faces and in their work, so it's definitely translating from the online sphere into real life. This year, 2018, is different, though, in what people are doing with that negative energy. There have always been positive spaces online, like YouTube's Project for Awesome, a giant online fundraiser that's raised millions for many different charities, or Twitter bots devoted to leaving kind reminders and messages throughout the day, and tons of do-gooders encouraging and helping people to vote for office on various platforms. But now, we're seeing people leaving their desktops and going out into the world to actually find some meaning on a large scale. The obvious example is the Parkland kids, teenagers, high schoolers, organizing the Walk for Life against gun violence. No matter what your political preference, it's remarkable that people this young are finally trying to instigate change on this level. Is this that transition we've been waiting for? In the 20th century, Dada's negation of meaning ultimately transformed into the surrealist search for it. I think something similar is happening here. Frankly, the internet is such a um, a huge and new phenomenon. It's like we're moving into this totally new era of human life because of the internet. And I I, I feel like a funny that he's saying this, but like the internet, cell phones, like devices, how like screens are changing the way that our brains work. 
in a way that I don't think we're able to really understand. But with XOXO, we're working on a piece right now where audiences listen to a, basically listen to an audio recording and walk around a certain section of Charlotte. And um, the idea is that the audio recording is prompting them to create a story. And sort of the thesis is that humans are meaning-making machines. Like there can't not be meaning as long as there's humans because our brains, that's what they're made for. My hope is that this like ferocious non-meaning of the sort of new Dada moment we're in is going to lead into, and I think it sort of already is, leading into like something analogous to the surrealist moment where, you know, people who were saying no with Dada transitioned into a, you know, a search. Well, if that's, if, if those social structures aren't real, what might be? Of course, cynicism and nihilism and negativity and hatred are still, for the most part, the rule online. The search for meaning is the exception. But the search is growing. I want to know about the spaces online or in real life where you find meaning. You can tweet me at emmypadge or go to century21.blogspot.com and hit submit. This podcast is a product of Advanced Topics in Storytelling, taught by Dr. Bob King at University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Thanks to Matt Cosper for his contribution to this episode. You can check out XOXO at xoxoperformance.org. This episode was written, edited, and narrated by me. I also mixed and recorded it. Music is by Matt Carlson. You can find him on Instagram at Matt Carl Sings. If you have suggestions for episode topics, go to century21.blogspot.com. That's spelled out C-N-T-R-Y, number two, number one, dot blogspot.com, and hit submit. Thanks for listening. <laughs>